Hello again and welcome back everyone to episode 39 of Murphy's Law. This is Charles Murphy hanging out as always with Charles Villanueva. Uh, we're super excited today. We've got a couple uh, a couple cool things to talk about, including a an interesting scoop on Mandalorian season two. But first, we got to check in with Charles and see what's going on over in the Philippines. Um, not much is going on. Still same. The coronavirus care is still happening, but we're still standing here. So let's fucking do this. I want to hear a scoop. Yeah. So this is um this is an interesting one and something I've been working on for a while. Uh, obviously, you guys that have been listening know that Charles and I watched the Mandalorian, the first season of Mandalorian. We both liked it a lot. Uh, but we aren't usually in the business of of getting Star Wars scoops of any kind. Um, and so before I share it with you, uh, I want to make sure we know that this, the couple things I'm going to share here, I was not able to confirm. So like if it's, if I'm writing this up on the website, which I will be, um, I'll be sharing it as like a, what I heard this week because I was not able to get con- confirmation from a second source. And I, I like to make sure that I hear things from more than one place before I feel really confident about it. So with that out of the way, um, earlier this week, the timing of this was pretty cool. Earlier this week, a report uh, surfaced that some other some big names would be be working on Mandalorian season two. We heard like Robert Rodriguez, James Mangold, um, and, and a couple other names. And I saw Mangold. I don't know, Charles, if you saw this or not. Mangold actually came out and said, uh, "That sounds great, but no, I'm not working on Mando season two, which was <laughs> which was interesting. Um, and the timing of that was pretty good for us because as I've been teasing for a couple of weeks now on, on our Patreon and on, um, and Charles has known, I heard, and I've been trying to get confirmation of and have not that Peyton Reed from the director of Marvel Studios, director of Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp will be directing, uh, two episodes of Mandalorian season two. Oh shit. So I know that, um, the Peyton is, is not, working on anything Marvel Studios related till next winter when he um, turns up for for Ant-Man and the Wasp, whatever they call that one. So it seems like in between, so he's going to spend part of 2020, if he hasn't already done so, working on not one but two episodes uh, of uh, Mando Season 2. And the other little tidbit that uh, I was I was told and, and hope to try to confirm as well but wasn't able to, and I, I think this one is exciting because I think it'll make everybody pretty happy, is that Taika Waititi is trying to trying to squeeze another episode of Mando season two in, and I think that's really cool because that episode that he directed uh, was one of the funniest and and most complete uh, episodes. The other the other thing that I'll add to that for a while it was unclear whether or not Taika was going to be directing an episode or whether he was going to be returning to to voice like another IG unit or something, but it seems like. Where, what it was headed to, what it's leaning towards, is that he's going to be working on another episode. So I hope that I hope that both those things are true. But like I said, we're not able to to get the kind of confirmation we like, so we wouldn't, you know, run it out as an exclusive and say like, hey, we're 100 percent sure about these things. Um, but they're two really cool pieces of information, and uh, I, I've been kind of hoping to to share share them with you for a while. I just was trying to get them nailed down. Unfortunately, wasn't able to do so, but I still felt like sharing it with you guys and. And getting that out there would be the thing to do. Yeah, for me, that the idea that Peyton Reed, an MCU alumni, is going is, is making his move to Star Wars just makes me kind of wish that shit. I want to see a Russo brothers Star Wars kind of joint 
whether it be a, an Obi Wan episode or something else, or maybe a Cassian Andor episode. I kind of because these directors have proven like their 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 worth and merit through what we've seen in the MCU. I think it's 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 like a no brainer because you've got Kevin Feige sort of working on I guess like a a Star Wars project, and you got Taika Waititi dabbling in Star Wars as well. I mean, it's like it's just, it's the perfect combination, and Disney is so lucky to have directors under them who could you know. Big film Star Wars. Yeah, and I think I think the other link there, you know, is that John Favreau is one of the is is the showrunner, right? He's he's in yeah. charge, and he's also an executive producer on a lot of the Marvel Studios things, and it's it's a nice uh, a nice thing that he has available to him that he can see these guys on a regular basis, that he can collaborate with them on a regular basis, and and, and it's you know, he, he knows their value, he knows their worth, and he knows if he can get along with them. And I think that's a huge, you know, the relationship piece is a huge thing too. If you're, if you're having different directors work uh, on different episodes, you need to make sure that things are clean and you have a good relationship with people. So it's not surprising, I guess, um, to see Favreau go through and work with people that he's probably had a working relationship with before. Which was the Mandalorian episode that Taika did? Was it the Bilber one? I thought it was the last one where the stormtroopers were out in, on the on the speeder bikes in the desert, um, couldn't hit oh, the shit. thing, and were talking and having that conversation. I think that was Taika's episode. So the the penultimate episode. Yep. Did he do the finale as well? I guess we could. We'd have to look that up. I, he only did one episode, so I'm not sure Let which episode it was. Let me see. Yeah, because the Bilbo one was pretty fucking hilarious. Because you know it's Bilber, it's there was a lot of humor attached to that episode, so I wouldn't be surprised if that was Taika. Oh, hold on, the prisoner. Oh shit! Oh, Taika did the very last episode, the finale. So when okay. all the, when when that big showdown happens with uh, uh Moff Gideon, um, Jin Carl Esposito, the dark saber stuff. Yeah. Basically, the episode where Ig dies. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. It's a pretty fucking nice sick spot. episode. Moving forward, especially that now that we know what the future of Star Wars is, at least in, I guess in books and in in novels, the High Republic, they're gonna need a lot of new fresh takes on what what the Star Wars could be moving forward. Like, obviously, we're going back hundreds of years before the Phantom Menace, and we're gonna see things we've never seen before in this universe. And I'm sure a lot of directors are gonna want. Their, their standpoint, but man, these MCU directors getting their hands on Star Wars has been so fantastic so far. Yeah, and and I hope, um, yeah, I think one of the one of the things when we share stuff like this, um, I always get nervous, obviously, and, and especially like in the wake of this report, and then Mangold coming out on Twitter and saying like, "No, I'm not." So you know, like I'm I'm waiting. I'll be all week like waiting for Peyton Reed to to tweet out like, "Hey, yeah, cool." No, I'm not doing it either. Um, but you know, hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully that's not the case, but I think it's, um, it is exciting. Mandalorian is, you know, is already in the works, but you talked about the high Republic stuff. Um, it's exciting to see them be willing to step away from at least, at least it kind of feels like to step away from this, um, really kind of stale Skywalker stuff that they've been doing and to, and to really like, they're going to create like an entirely new set of characters, right? Like Rogue One was, is one of the better Star Wars movies recently, but it, it is still, you know, set directly right in that same Skywalker saga timeline. Solo wasn't a bad movie, still right in that timeline. 
Mandalorian, as much as I liked it, still right in that timeline. Like they're going way back and using characters that have nothing to do with any established characters in this High Republic stuff. Um, and it's also like a massive multimedia launch too, right? Like just going to be, there's going to be books. The Marvel comics are supposed to start like in August or September, I think. Um, and, and get you like into this high Republic stuff way before we ever see a movie. Cause what was, was the first movie like, wasn't it like a 2022 film that was going to be the first high Republic movie? Yeah. That's what I read from star Wars. News.net. Yeah. So we've got, we've got a couple years, um, before we're, we're seeing, any of these movies and so this is this is cool i think it's like a bold step and it's it's interesting to see them kind of try to come up with some new characters in a new time and see like they've done a fine job coming up with new characters rogue one had some cool new characters um i don't have you ever read any of the dr afra stuff that in the in the marvel comics i haven't read any of the their stuff for marvel but i've heard that jason aaron's darth vader stuff from a couple years back was fucking amazing that's what i heard Yep, and I, I really enjoyed his Vader stuff, and Aphra's a, a great character, but again, set in this really familiar era. So I'm excited for this High Republic stuff, and just to, it's I think it's kind of a, it's a bold step for them to just say, like, listen, we're, we, enough is enough. We're going to, we've got this really great universe, and for some reason, we've tried to confine it to this really small era and really small region. So let's get nuts here, and I, I think it's cool. I'm, I'm really excited for them to take that step. My only sort of like thing with this higher public stuff is that I think it's set like 200 years before Phantom Menace. I was sort of expecting something in the thousands range, like maybe a thousand years before everything else, just to keep it really far from each other. But I'm sure there's a reason why they picked 200 as opposed to, you know, like the old Republic thousands of years before the the galaxy as we know it but i am very curious what they're gonna do with this we know we heard like uh the past the past week that bob Iger resigned but despite him resigning as the ceo he's, he's still gonna sort of be on board for a lot of the creative strategies i wonder if this high republic announcement has to do with the re- the resignation maybe bob just wants to do creative stuff for, from now on as opposed to doing like boring business stuff but yeah. when when you when when the announcement he was resigning came out, like what were your initial thoughts on it? I was kind of taken off guard by it. Um, I didn't have any inkling that it was coming. I don't know if anybody did. Uh, but it kind of it just kind of reminds me of the 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 saying like for in at least in sports that people kind of hold on too long, right? Like know when it's your yeah. time to go. And the guys just completed one of the probably best five-year runs or or so in the history of media, right? Like he has, he has successfully launched Disney plus, even though I know their numbers are stumbling a little bit because there's no original content out there. He brought Lucasfilm over. They got Marvel going, like they have all these things going and, and running fairly smoothly. Right. I mean, so it's, it's probably a time for him to say like, all right, well, what else, what other goals do I have? What else can I do with my career? And I wouldn't know what the hell else he could do at Disney in, in that, in the, in the position he's in to top what he's done. So I, I think it might just be a lot of that. Like, he's like, Hey, I've met all these career goals. I've done this stuff. I've, I've made this company, you know, I, I bet you in his eyes, he thinks like the company's better than when he took it over. Um, so maybe it is just a, an idea of him shifting uh, shifting his sights to doing a little bit of different kind of work. The weird thing about the the resignation announcement 
is that it, it takes effect immediately. That's the thing that sort of threw me off. Like, as soon as I, I saw that headline, I immediately thought that you know, he had nudes that, that were going to leak. And he wanted, like, to <laughs> fucking quit before that shit be- became fucking crazy. That's what I initially thought. But then I saw the, the, the byline that he was still sticking on and that he was being replaced by another guy named Bob. Yeah, it is very interesting this to, to see this kind of change happen so fast. I wonder if in the future, say like 10 years from now, Kevin Feige just does the same, where he just sort of resigns effective immediately out of nowhere, and maybe he passes on the torch to someone like Nate Moore. I wonder, I wonder when we're going to get that inevitable news that Feige is stepping down, but it's probably ways off from now. Yeah, you would think Feige will, will be around at least for a little bit longer because they're just launching uh, the, the Disney Plus series. And you know that he's excited about the X-Men. And you would think, since he didn't really get his chance to put his stamp on them um, with the Fox movies, that he'd wanna, he might want to get that done before he makes a move. But anyway, moving on to our regular programming. So we got a lot of Disney Plus stuff. First up, Loki. We got a big, crazy rumor from, I think, I think th- three different sources. Bleeding Cool, RPK, and someone else. Saying that the Squadron Supreme was indeed is indeed going to, I guess, have a presence in the Loki series. What do you think of this? You, you know, we've talked about this before, and I've been I've probably been on a two or three year run of just hoping that they show up somewhere. And I, I have no idea. I've asked around and haven't been able to get any like separate word on my own about this one way or the other. But I sure hope so. And, and if it's true, I'm so excited. And and I guess it to me, at least, it makes a lot of sense because I feel like you're going to get if you're with the time variance authority, you have all these different time branches. Right. And that's kind of how we we figured out that that time travel would affect the MCU is that would open up branches going off the prime timeline. And so those are going to just be like alternate Earth. Right. That's essentially what I think the the multiverse is going to be here is like you've got these other earths and these other timelines and all these weird events have happened and so absolutely this is a, a great way for the the squadron supreme to make their way into the mcu and i have wanted it for so long i can even thinking back to when we were at mcu exchange i would talk about how i would love to see that come in and and, and in some sense like i know people are worried that it would it's going to be look like um marvel is taking a shot at warner brothers because they didn't get the justice league right but I don't, I don't see this as that at all. I think this Loki is the perfect property to introduce these guys. And once they're introduced, God only knows like what kind of crazy stuff they can get up to. But I, I think it, you know, I, it's, it's not something I can say yes or no, it's going to happen. But it's something that I can say, man, I sure hope it happens. And it makes sense to me. I do wonder, though, how big of a role like, they could possibly get with, with this show. Because it's not about them. It's about Loki. And his hijinks. It's hard for me to imagine that they get involved here in any major capacity. Like at the most, honestly, I, I'm imagining sort of like a Watcher cameo, similar to the one in Guardians too, where they just pop up for like an Easter egg kind of funny moment. Um, but yeah, it is interesting the idea that we're gonna explore like another plane of existence where the Avengers don't exist, where this this the superhero team exists in place of the Avengers. If anything, it also makes me hopeful that, you know, we get Hyperion in the main six 
I guess, main 616 MCU, quote-unquote, timeline, because Hyperion is a pretty kick-ass character. I can't speak for the rest because I haven't actually read any much of the Squadron Supreme stuff, but I know you and my dad are fucking crazy about it. I posted it on Facebook as soon as it came out, and he was, like, all over it. So I'm sure only a lot of good stuff can come from this. Yeah, and and even if it is just a a small cameo, like, maybe... Because we talked about this last week, but I get the idea that Owen Wilson's little pud knocker character um, and Loki just kind of like pop in and out of different time branches and, and take a look in like they're looking through a, a window into these different realities. So even if it's, you know, like you said, if, if Owen's character and Loki are looking in on an alternate universe where there's no Avengers and it's the Squadron Supreme or the Squadron Sinister and you see these like just crazy powered heroes running, running rampant or maybe they're crazy powered heroes or actually out doing good. Um, Even if it's just that, at least then those characters exist and they can come back to them again if they want to. So I, and it's going to be one of those things like there are so many characters in the Marvel comics stable that, you know, you're not going to see all of them the way that you'd want to. So for me, I guess I could say like, well, it's cool. At least they exist. And, and maybe one day they can come back to it. But yeah, I don't, I don't know how big of a, a role they will play like as you said there's already so much going on and you know i i don't know how big of a fight loki could give the squadron supreme all on his own so i don't i don't envision them as like his primary antagonists in the course of the film i just hope they don't end up being as insignificant as the sort of the original quote-unquote guardians team when they popped up in volume two where they just they just show up for the ending <laughs> and that's it and that's probably the most we'll get out of them. I hope at least that they've got more, you know, stock in the MCU rather than the than the original Guardians team. Anyway, moving on to other Disney Plus stuff. She-Hulk, we got a pretty crazy report uh, this week saying that the, the production is eyeing an Alison Brie-type actress. I know, I think we recorded it in our one of the Patreon episodes. My pick for She-Hulk was Alison Brie, so... Hearing this, hearing that they kind of want to get an actress of her, her type makes me super excited. But you, as someone who sort of vouching for Aubrey Plaza, does this bum you out? No, it, does, it doesn't bum me out because I, I think I'm at the point where, you know, I have my, I have the people that I want. Like, I'd love to see Aubrey Plaza in that role. I'd love to see Shia as, as Mark Spector. But I, I'm, I also know that my money is like, not well, not well bet if I would say like, I'm betting on Shia versus everybody else, right? Like it's when I, when you have your heart set on someone, it's much more likely that it's going to be anybody else other than the someone that you want. Um, and so, and so then like, it becomes an idea of is, is the person that they're, that they're talking about going to be able to do the job and Alison Brie would totally do the job. She's brilliant. She's going to be funny. She's going to do all the things that you want Jennifer Walters to be. And I, and I also know, like, when they say they want this type, that doesn't mean that that's who they get. That means that that's, like, their prototype, right? So so when they say, like, they want an Allison Brie type, they want someone who is quirky and cute and funny. And that's that's what they're chasing. And so it may not necessarily be her, but it gives the, it gives the agencies an idea of what type of actress they want. And so for all of those people out there who are on that Gina Carano bandwagon, that ain't it. She's not going to be in there because she's not an Allison Brie type. I mean, I'm honestly just weirded out that they just didn't get her because did you see that interview she did with James Corden? No. 
where she was she was asked point back by James Corden about the about this like sort of rumor and she played very coy about it. Like she played it the way as if she already went in and had good talks with Marvel. So I don't know it's it's a, it's a very interesting interview when you look at it. The way she responds to it is very very awkward and you know she's kind of like tiptoeing over it. But yeah, I'm sure regardless of who they get, they know what they want. They had an idea of what they wanted. Whatever whoever they get, it's gonna be fucking perfect. Yeah, and they and it just gives the idea, and and we've known this for a while. Like they're going they're going to go with uh, the fourth wall breaking, funny She Hulk. Not the savage She-Hulk. They're they're gonna make this a comedy show, um, and that's fine. And then that's that's the direction they're gonna go. That fits with who She-Hulk has been many many times in the comics. So, and I think, I guess we can probably talk about this now while we're on the topic of She-Hulk. I I wrote up a piece earlier today because today being Sunday when we record, and share it. And I know that She-Hulk's production date has been the has been kind of buzzing around lately. We've heard July. We've heard August. And as of yesterday, it looks like She-Hulk is now set to, to begin filming in, uh, in Atlanta in mid-November. So they have they've kind of like slotted that a little bit later than what they'd been looking at. And they, they had been, like I said, it was like a July or August start. And now they've kind of moved it. And I think what's happened here is like, you know, they, they started WandaVision on November 4th. Um, and they realized that they have plenty of time to get WandaVision um, done edited put in the can and streaming for next december so i think that they said like hey we don't need to be in a huge rush and have all these balls in the air at one time because at one point it looked like it was going to be um loki miss marvel she hulk and spider-man all filming at the same time and in atlanta and i think that they've kind of realized that uh, they have a little bit more time than what they originally thought and so she hulk is now as of as of yesterday, slated for a, a November start, which should mean that they have no problem getting it out uh, in time for what would it be then? Twenty twenty one, right? December twenty twenty one. I guess this kind of lines up with our, our other topic for for this episode: the Moon Knight stuff. Now that you're mentioning She Hulk possibly shooting in, in November, does it coincide with the the Moon Knight stuff we heard? Yeah, there was a, a report this week that. Moon Knight would be uh, um, in Atlanta in November, and I was able to corroborate that information. Um, but what's interesting is that it, Moon Knight is still active in the UK. Uh, they still are. There's still evidence out there that they're going to go use the UK, uh, whether that means they'll be in studio or on locations or like I think we've talked about on here before. So with Moon Knight still looking to to be based at least in the UK, that gives them the opportunity to get themselves to locations around Europe, including some maybe like some deserts or some things that'd be a little bit more associated with Moon Knight's origin. Um, we know that he's got some ties to to Egypt, and I don't think they do a lot of filming in Egypt, and I certainly don't think they let you film around uh, any sort of old historical sites. But there are all sorts of places over in, in Europe and in um, or that are more accessible from Europe that that they could be used to film desert where does star wars film and all their desert stuff tunisia is that right yeah. i feel like that's yeah. right yeah you could easily see moon Knight jumping over there but yeah for sure they're going to be um in atlanta in november which is cool because it's a lot easier for that for the shows to get covered and the movies to get covered when they're on uh on location in america because there are much many more paparazzi out there 
snapping photos here than there are um, overseas, as we've seen like barely anything come out for Eternals until the end. Um, yet we've seen all kinds of stuff on Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Loki. Um, it's just a, it's a lot more likely that we'll see that set photos will leak out if uh, when when Moon Knight takes place in Atlanta. Can you clarify for the viewers what the fuck is up with the Hawkeye stuff? Yeah, that that's one too. That um, that as of yesterday, uh, and I posted this I on my in my piece today. I actually posted the documentation, the evidence that that I that I had that I usually don't share. Um, that Hawkeye is as of yesterday slated for a late September start. So it's like September twenty eighth of this year they're going to get going. And <clears throat> if we again think about what we know. As far as timelines been working here with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Falcon and the Winter Soldier started in October. I think it was like late October when they kicked off. So they're going to have an August uh, start to or August streaming debut. So having Hawkeye start in the in the fall like that keeps it totally on track for the fall 2021 release date. Um, So I think I just think that Marvel Studios had a lot of learning to do with these shows because they'd never done them before. And I think the lesson that they learned is they have more time to get things done than what they thought. And so I think we're just getting, we're seeing things um, spaced out a little bit more and put on a different pace instead of everything being so frantic. And I think that's a good thing because that's going to, that's going to mean that Kevin can be more places because he can only be so many places at once. And if these things are spread out, when he decides he needs to check in, he can check in when their creative team and their producers and everybody wants to check in. They don't have to worry about trying to do five things at once. So I, I think it's, I think it looks pretty good. And I think you get an idea that like, we're going to see Miss Marvel air before Hawkeye. Um, we know that She-Hulk was supposed to start before Hawkeye. And now it looks like it's going to start a month and a half after. So that means that we should see Miss Marvel, Hawkeye and She-Hulk all ready for TV in 2021. Right. I think, and that's, and maybe yeah. Moon Knight. We're not sure. We're not exactly sure when Moon Knight starts, but it's possible that we even get Moon Knight in there as well. well. All we do know is Moon Knight's in Atlanta in November, but we don't have a kickoff date for it overall. Well, the good news is by the time we record the next episode, we'll find out probably we'll have a good inkling of when these dates are actually happening, the premiere dates and whatnot, because of the March 5 Disney Plus event in Europe. But speaking of sort of She-Hulk stuff, I just saw this online. Mark Ruffalo's in C2E2, like a big convention. He was asked about Bruce Banner showing up in the She-Hulk series, and he said that talks have begun with his camp and Kevin Feige's camp. So he's he's saying that it's a it's a there's a chance. You're, so you're saying there's a chance yeah, that we see him, and I don't think that surprises anybody. Yeah, in the words of uh, Lloyd Christmas, yeah, there's a big chance. Talks are preliminary, but there is talks. I'd give it a 70% chance that it actually happened. Because how else are going to fucking show Jennifer Walters get that banner blood? And there's no reason that, <clears throat> that Ruffalo doesn't continue on in the MCU. And there's no reason that the Hulk story doesn't continue on in the MCU. There, I mean, there's there's so much more they can do. Um, you had just mentioned the other day that you were reading Follow the Hulks, and so I, I told you I was going to start reading it. So I started reading it this morning. Um, we, they've got, like, 
I, I put a, I tweeted out the other day, like that in hindsight, that, that if it were to happen, if Tim Blake Nelson were to come back as the leader, given all the stuff that he's done since we last saw him in the incredible Hulk, it would retro- retroactively become the best casting the Marvel cinematic universe has ever had. Um, so, so kind of thinking about like all the different stuff they can still do. Yeah. Bring him back. And like we've said, uh, uh, several times, bring him back in Ant-Man and let him be, uh, the, you know, the, one of the instructors for the new group of heroes. Like let's, let's get more of, of the Hulk. Let's get all the Hulks. Are you liking fall of the Hulk so far? Uh, I read, all I read were, what are the first two alpha and gamma or, oh, yeah. yeah, that that's what I got through this morning. I've been reading them when I'm on the treadmill or on the stepper. So I, I read through the first two this morning, um, getting my exercise in. And uh, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed it because I like that it's coming from the leader's point of view. Oh, yeah. That's a very interesting sort of opening to the Fall of the Hulk stuff. But it gets fucking terrible halfway because the, the tie-in sort of... It's so hard because I don't understand why you have these event stories without any sort of main event issues. Like, it's just a, it's like a combination of stories from different books and it makes you fucking it, it drove me crazy when i read it last week um if i can recommend i'd, I'd definitely suggest that you check out the jeff Loeb sort of jeff Loeb ed mcginnis intro to red hulk as soon as when, when red hulk starts showing up and starts beating everyone's ass and no one no one knows who he is i think that's part of the one of the best parts of that run but yeah, it gets fucking crazy at the fall of the Hulk's World War Hulk stuff. I, I read World War Hulk and I read uh, or Planet Hulk and World War Hulk, and I love those two. Those are actually some of the things that after, and when I had gotten away from reading for a while uh, and I got and I got a hold of those and started reading them, they kind of drew me back into saying, like, wow, they're doing some pretty interesting shit here in the comics. Because for eh, there was a time where for me, I guess it was probably in the 90s. Um, I wasn't really feeling a lot of what they were doing. I know that. I think we talked about this the other day, or, or maybe we didn't, but I know Age of, Age of Apocalypse is one of everybody's favorites. Um, but I get distracted just by what, what I think is not awesome artwork when I'm reading it, and I can't even concentrate <laughs> on the storyline when I'm going through because their heads are out of proportion and they just look fucking <laughs> weird. So, I, you know, I, I just kind of I, I worked my way back, and it was kind of that um, the, some of those stories that brought me back in. So... Yeah, I, I I'll read through it and and see what what there is to do. I mean, I got nothing else to do when I'm on the treadmill, so you know, other than work out. But yeah, so uh, I think we're down to the last part of the the episode. We got some cool Falcon and the Winter Soldier stuff from you, from some set photos we saw, and from like some BTS stuff with uh, uh with the crew. Um, first off, your story about the show possibly getting reshoots and rewrites due to the massive, rather the uh, the impending coronavirus pandemic. Can you chime in on this? Yeah, I think it's been it's been kind of a um, really bumpy road for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Not as far as what's been going on on set, but just with all the different stuff going on. They've had horrible weather in Atlanta, like almost historically terrible. Uh, cold and rain and all kinds of stuff that they just you wouldn't expect. I mean, one of the reasons Atlanta is such a desirable shooting location is because you have fairly consistent and reliable weather, but that hasn't been the case. Uh, then they were set to go to Puerto Rico and the earthquakes just ravaged that place and, and like 
for at once it was delayed and then it looks like it's just been totally abandoned because there's no way they can get over there and get anything done and now you get this um the idea that this the, the coronavirus by, by the time this show comes out in august the coronavirus will have made made its way pretty much across the united states like it's in california now and they say there's like over 8000 cases that they're monitoring um and i don't know how many of them have tested positive but you know it's coming and it's going to be a, it's going to be big and people are going to die um as they have been in china and all over the world and there was some part of the storyline that seemed to revolve around um terrorist releasing some sort of bioweapon and and I know it's not it wasn't the mad bomb as far as I could tell um, It was like a legit bioweapon that was going to be released and kill some people. And, and this is, again, something no one's going to confirm this to me. No one's going to say like, hey, yeah, Charles, you nailed it. Um, but what I what I heard was that they were doing some rewrites and some reshoots to take some of that stuff away as not to look like super insensitive when that show comes out and it lands at the same time that there's an actual pandemic going around the world. Um, and so I guess over the past uh, 10 days or so, they've been doing extended shooting, as in they've been shooting in Atlanta past when they were supposed to, to, to do some some rewrites and reshoots on that, um, and also trying to finish up before they head off to wherever they're going next um, for, for a few days to kind of finish. the. And I guess the idea there is that that's, they're gonna go someplace else to uh, make up for not going to Puerto Rico. Yeah, I totally get it because yeah, people are fucking dying, and by the time the show comes out, like as you mentioned, thousands of more people will have died. So it's a matter of them being sensitive to the shit that's you know taking a lot of li- lives right now. It makes sense. I do wonder what they had originally planned for it. I wonder what kind of bioweapon it was. I wonder if it has anything to do with the one crossbones stole in Lagos mm-hmm. a few years ago in the Civil War. I wonder if it has like a tie-in with that. But yeah, it makes sense. Also from the set of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we saw a pretty cool propaganda poster of John Walker. It's basically like a like a poster announcing him as the new cap. And a couple, I think yesterday, I sort of put it next to like the old propaganda poster for Steve yeah. Rogers asking people to, you know, buy war bonds. And I think it's a very fucking interesting parallel and in how things never change for these government fucks yeah that was that was a really cool poster and it confirms what i we've we've thought and talked about before that his introduction is going to come as captain america and then if there's going to be a u.s agent it seems like it's going to be down the road like this is this is the government's captain america that's who john walker is so they're they're just you're right it's just like a, a complete bunch of assholes at the government who would decide like hey cap's dead Long live Cap, right? Like that's the that's the <laughs> idea here. They're just gonna jump right in and replace him with some other guy. Um, and I think like some of this Isaiah Bradley news that also kind of came out this week. Um, it all fits with with the theory that I think you had that Sam is at some point going to be faced with some sort of decision um, that he has to make that results in him giving up the shield and and this guy taking it and running with it and. That's that's going to be one of the the key plot threads I think that is weaved throughout all six episodes. Yeah, and also we saw also the photo of um, Mackie, Sebastian Stan, Wyatt Russell, and a mystery guy who happened to 
have a suit with a star on it, which I think now know to be Battlestar, which is a character you sort of broke a couple of months ago. You reported that, you know, just as Falcon Cap has his Bucky, John Walker Cap is going to have his own sidekick as well with Battlestar. Yeah, I was I was excited um, when I first saw that and seeing like how how casually that Sebastian Stan decided to break uh, the addition of another actor to the to the uh, production as as they are so they hide that stuff so well right they don't ever want anybody to know anything and then Sebastian Stan just like dupe on my Instagram here we go here's the new <laughs> guy and it's pretty it's, it is pretty cool though I, I I get a good look at the costume or as good a look as I can and I think yeah it looks like a star and and the the guess is and a lot of people have run around and reported that that is going to be Lamar Hoskins who is um, John Walker's war buddy so I think. I think that's awesome. If that's if that is who that is, it's cool. Um, kind of connects back to that story that I ran way back in November, uh, where we saw Hoskins flowers on set, and we know that John Walker was visiting him, and there was um, a really dark uh, alley, kind of dark light alley picture of a guy of a, of a black actor with with his back turned. But like I said, it was in the alley, or the lighting was so dark that you couldn't see who it was. I don't even know if it's the same guy or if it's a different guy, if it's a stunt double or a stand-in. But yeah, that's a that's a cool picture, and then that gives you the idea that all four of those dudes were on set together one day, um, which means that there was probably some ass kicking going on. I think even if you look at Sebastian Stan's face, it looked like he might have had a little makeup on to look like he got beat up a little bit. Yeah, and the like small glance of Mackie's boots, shiny red yeah. boots. It's fucking. That 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 image honestly excited me, just to see a glance at you know his, his Mackie's Captain America suit. And it also, I think what I think at least what they're standing in front of were maybe some space heaters, and they're all wearing giant coats, not just to cover up their uh, uniforms, but also because it's freezing ass cold in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean I've never been anywhere as cold as that but i imagine it's fucking cold i don't know i haven't paid much attention to it but i know it's been colder there in the winter than it has been in quite some time so i don't know if it's like record lows but it's been exceptionally cold for them all right guys that does it for episode 39 uh we were really excited to share the peyton news and taika ytt news with you guys as far as them coming on board uh mandalorian season two we'll hope that over the next week or so um, that that somehow some that gets addressed and we find out that it's true and it's it just seems seems to be such a cool opportunity uh, for these guys to get a get aboard some Star Wars projects and and do some stuff outside of the MCU. So we thank you guys for listening. I don't know how big of a reveals we're going to get this Thursday on March fifth um, at this event over in the UK, but I bet you if it's something major, uh, Charles and I might be able to find twenty minutes to sneak in a little a mini episode to talk about what kind of stuff we get i don't know for my part charles i'm just looking for like some release dates um and -hmm. if any announcements at all maybe like new series but i don't think we're getting anything big i'm hoping we get this 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 is me being super optimistic but i want some actors attached to these projects maybe mark specter maybe allison brie they bring on allison brie she hulk maybe they finally nailed um Haley Steinfeld as, as Kate Bishop, maybe we get Shia LaBeouf. I just want to know who's playing him. Yeah, I would I would be thrilled if that's the kind of thing we get, although I'm I'm setting my sights really, really low um, as to not 
let my you know, get let down by what happens. So again, if if there is anything major that happens, um, Charles and I will do our best to get together and get a quick recap of that. If not, we'll be back with you next week for episode forty. And uh, we, as always, we thank you guys for listening and have a good week. Bye.